welcome to another episode of the Good Bad Better Show. I'm Drew Allen, and uh, let's talk about something that I've recently seen and talk about what's good about it, what's bad about it, and what could be better. And uh, I'm continuing my series here that I'm just kind of throwing into this main podcast feed of The Mandalorian Season 3. This past week, Episode 4 came out, or Chapter 20. They're kind of doing this separate counting with the chapters. Um, And this was a great episode. I got my personal opinion. It was the best episode of the season so far. I think it's really starting to hit a stride. It's kind of cool, and I don't know if this was intentional. I can't imagine they intended it for the for it to be this way. But every episode so far has been better than the last this season. And that's pretty freaking cool if you ask me. I mean, if you're going to have a direction to go as you go through the season, you want it to be this way, right? You don't want it to start strong. And then drop off into kind of mediocrity. Whereas uh, <laughs> this season they kind of set a low bar and then they've cleared it. And they've progressed to better episodes every week. Uh, so yeah, let's let's jump right in uh, briefly to kind of give you a little bit of a synopsis just to kind of catch you up. Also, obviously, spoilers for The Mandalorian. Season 3, definitely here. If you're not caught up on the show, then please don't listen to this episode. Instead, just get your tushy over to Disney Plus and watch the episode first and then come back here. And yeah, so um, let's... uh, Basically, this episode follows um, Grogu and Din Djarin and Bo-Katan as they take... They go back. They're back in the... Uh, the covert place. I don't even couldn't even tell you where that is. Um, <laughs> and I, I even spent time preparing for this episode, and I still couldn't name the planet. Uh, whoops, um, didn't mean to do that. However, yeah. So they take they take Grogu back, and now they're uh, basically doing. They kind of do some training. We get to see Grogu kind of step into a little bit of. Uh, you know, training and combat in Mandalorian, uh, in the Mandalorian style, which I thought was delightful. And and then uh, in the process, a recent foundling has been uh, abducted by a giant bird, like a kind of a pterodactyl-looking-ish thing. Not not exactly, but I pretty much call any reptilian bird a pterodactyl because that's just how i was raised uh (laughs) but and so then they have to they they try to track where this where this giant bird was flying to and they end up barely making it um bokatan has to use her ship to really follow it where its nest is and then they come back and then they they set off on this journey to rescue this young foundling and recently helmeted foundling and in the meantime Grogu stays behind and he learns uh, he ends up we end up seeing a bit of his history uh, taking you taking us all the way back to order 66 and where he was I feel I think it's kind of cool and I don't this is spoilers for my own podcast because I'm going to mention this later but I think it's kind of cool that the order 66 thing 
is kind of like this common thread of the timeline where, you know, it's, it is in the Star Wars universe, it's kind of like, or at least I'll say this, in the Jedi world, it is like a, um, it's like a 9-11. And by that, I mean, it's just like this common uh, tragedy that everyone remembers what happened, where they were, and there's so many impacts from this one specific incident. Like it just kind of stands out as a pivotal key point on the timeline. Um, so anyways, um, we get some flashbacks and we see some stuff there. We see an unlikely Jedi hero, which I'll again, I'll get more to later. And then we come back uh, and we're with uh, the Mandalorians as they are kind of, they make their way to the bird nest and they end up being able to rescue this foundling. And then they go, and are able to take him home. They travel back, and they even get to add some little, I don't know, bird birds to their, they get birds? <laughs> they picked up some burbs. Uh, they, pick, they picked up some chicks. Uh, so anyways, the uh, that's kind of the way the episode went down. If you saw it, obviously this is not news to you. Just a little recap. Just a brief thing. Okay, so what was good about this episode? Well, I have a few notes here, number one is the Grogu fight. I know that some people might think that it's cheesy, but I thought it was awesome. It was cool. It was really just kind of cool to see him kind of take his first kind of journey into like sparring and like training kind of stuff. That was that was that was great. Um, loved it. And yes, it was ridiculous that he could just kind of like leap over like that, like he did. But you know what? He did it, and that's what matters. So, so, uh, next thing I found to be good in this episode was Ahmad Best. I thought he did a really great job, and if you are one of the three or four people who didn't know this, Ahmad Best was the motion capture actor for Jar Jar Binks in the prequel trilogy, and he also uh, did the voice work for uh, Jar Jar Binks. So, I mean, he really, he was Jar Jar. He was Jar Jar Binks in the prequel trilogy. And if you look into the story, it's a little kind of, it's kind of sad, to be honest. He was, he, he was a big Star Wars fan, but he was, I think he was doing like Stomp or something on Broadway and uh, George Lucas or whoever kind of saw him and thought, man, that guy hit the way he moves is perfect for this role, this motion capture role. And then they ended up liking his voice too. So they were like, we want you to voice Jar Jar Binks. And he is just a big star Wars fan and thinks, wow, this is so cool. This is an amazing opportunity for me to help, you know, step into star Wars lore and get to say that I was in a star Wars movie. And he, cause he's just such a big fan. And then, of course, he gets absolutely eviscerated. Um, and what's crazy is all the hate was directed at him. And it wasn't his decision for Jar Jar to be who Jar Jar was. It, you know, somebody, there was any number of directors and producers who watched this happen and heard the voice and saw the stuff and read the 
screenplay with this writing and somewhere someone said this is good this is great this is how we want this Star Wars prequel to be and that is the real tragedy that's the person to be vitriolically angry at for what they did to the Star Wars universe or especially the Star Wars prequels um, it's not the actor the actor was hired to do a job and he did he did the job you know I mean you don't take someone who's this is like your, this is a big break for you in your career and then what is he gonna do what what do you expect a mod best to do just to be like you know what George I think this role is stupid and I won't tarn I won't let my name be tarnished as you shame the Star Wars universe for having this character be who they are. And I'm out. Like, do you really expect someone to do that? Really? Really? And especially when you put that person alongside the pure acting chops of people like Jake Lloyd. And you know what I mean? Like, you can't. It's it's like, where where, where would it stop? Where does the walking off set because you care too much about the Star Wars universe stop? Because <laughs> you'd have a lot, you'd, you'd be missing a lot of people. You know what I mean? So I don't know. It just, it, I think that the hate was unnecessary. And so I think it's really cool that he gets this kind of redemption uh, to the universe a little bit, at least in the ability to come back. <sighs> Gosh. Oh, man. I almost forgot. Much better. Get some of this DC here. Oh, yeah. Some of the good stuff. So I love what they did, that they had him in this role. And it was a really interesting thing. I mean, I'm never going to be tired of going back at some point and seeing where some of these pivotal characters were uh, when Order 66 um, happened. And this was an exciting one, and he was really lucky that he got to escape thanks to the work of this great Jedi, Kelleran Beck. What else? Um, oh, I thought this was an interesting dynamic. We talked about last week, last week's episode, there was this, like, completely disconnected plot that they just kind of dropped right into the middle of this episode, and... And it was like, oh, you know, and I mean, it's not it's not uncommon for television shows to have an, an A story and a B story and sometimes a C story. But the idea of, um, you know, especially with last week and we talked about how, you know, uh, Boba Fett did this kind of as well, which was where you have um, your A story and then you have your B story. But the B story is like from a completely different show. Like it's just so... And it's a completely different story. Like, they're not connected. And and so uh, that happened last week. This week, it's, it's like, again, it's like they're improving. Every episode gets better. This week, we got a B story in the form of the flashback sequence with Jar Jar. Nope. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. No. <laughs> Oh, not a flashback with Jar Jar at all. Uh, 
actually, I do think I made that joke to my friend today, my friend Matt, um, that it would be really terrible if they filmed all these scenes with Ahmad Best and he's thinking this is a glorious redemption story for his himself as an actor to be this cool Jedi. And then if in post, they just made his entire character Jar Jar. <laughs> and it was Jar Jar who saved Grogu from Order 66. And that would just be like this sort of uh, cruel, cruel joke to play on Ahmad Best. Definitely glad they didn't do that, although I would have laughed. Um, <laughs> anyways, so what I was trying to say was they're just getting better, right? This week we got the connected B story. It made sense. That is cool. So that's something I thought was good about it. Uh, another thing I really liked about this episode is we had, um, for lack of a better word, I think I wrote down cool Mandalorian stuff. Basically, it was cool seeing them be together, like especially with Bo-Katan kind of back in the fold now and the way that like she helped with the mission and they all kind of click together. Um, and they're just these warriors, you know, and they had their little plans and they separated off for their meals and just working together to try to, you know, uh, both the, there was like kind of a midair battle at the beginning part because they were losing their, they're losing their gas. That was actually another thing I put on the list was like the fact that their jetpacks are not infallible, right? Like they're jetpacks and they're freaking cool and they can do some cool stuff with them, but they're not also a long-term travel plan. So they're trying to chase this, this creature through the air and eventually, their rockets were starting to lose fuel. They're running out of gas, which is what, what happens when the gas is just limited to what's in that little pack, right? I thought that was really neat how realistic they made that. I mean, of course, it was a convenient plot device to allow Bo-Katan to use her ship and and sort of, sort of play an important role in, in the mission, but it was just, it was very believable. It was very plausible that their jetpacks would not allow them to, you know, just fly next to this thing forever. Anyways, um... But it was really cool seeing the Mandalorian team work together to do a mission and and all this kind of stuff. Very interesting about the Bo-Katan stuff. I really, like, I, I know that I, I said I called it about her kind of regaining her faith. Uh, and I still think that's true. I mean, that's kind of the story they're telling us right now. And uh, I'm really curious where they go with it. Like, part of me feels like, man... Was that too cold of a take? Was it too like, um, it, like, well, yeah, of course, that's the part of it, but then they're going to twist it at the end. So I don't know if they're going to subvert our expectations by maybe having her reject the faith at the end even more or whatever. Like, I just think that'll, that'll be an interesting thing to, to check and see what happens. And uh, yeah, okay, so let's talk about what was bad in this episode. Number one, first thing I have written down, it was too short. And that's kind of just the nature of the format. These Mandalorian episodes are not meant to be that long, and I get it, but I could have used more. I mean, basically, it was a great Mandalorian episode with heart and story and character development and lots of cool, awesome sci-fi action. And the, the only thing that's better than that is more of the same. So I didn't like how short the episode was. Uh, the other thing, the really my, my nitpick was... I do not understand this bird creature and why it would swallow at some point this food whole and then an entire day later 
when the bird creature spits up this Mandalorian child, he's fine. Like, first of all, how would he not suffocate and die inside the stomach of a bird? And secondly, just have any, you know, I don't know, digestive fluid, uh, you know, saliva, like, I feel like if you were in the belly of another creature for 24 hours and somehow you get thrown up by that creature, that to say you were covered in, you know, bile would be like an understatement. Like, you were inside a creature's stomach. You would have guts and viscera and just, you know, it would be disgusting. Like, you'd be grateful to be alive, gasping for breath, but it would be an amazing miracle because you'd be alive. Whereas, um, this kid pops out of this bird's mouth just untouched. I mean, that's crazy. That's crazy. He just, he looked fine. He didn't even look shooken up, you know? That part, I was just like, uh, that's super cheesy. Super cheesy. Um, but that's really that's really all I got for what was bad about it. How would I make this episode better? Well, as I mentioned before, I would make it longer. Um, and then this is a bit of a nitpick, but I would have um, I would have Grogu win the fight as he did, but I, I wouldn't have him do it by just firing all three of those little shots at once because it felt like a cheat that he could shoot all three at once. Like if it was common knowledge that you could just shoot all three at once, why didn't that kid just shoot all three at him at the very beginning of the fight and win? It feels like there was it was sort of a little bit of a, you know, the rules of engagement being that you can shoot once at a time and then a point is rewarded. And instead, Grogu's just like, nah, I'm just going to shoot all three at once. And so I feel like that was a bit of a, eh, that was, I feel like that would have been better. It didn't take me out of the show or anything. It just would have been better if there was kind of a different way. Like maybe he just jumps around and jumps three different places and shoots them three different times from different angles. Like something. I don't know. Um, the other thing that would be, I think would be interesting or cool would be um, because Grogu gets like his first big piece of Mandalorian armor. I feel like it would be cool if they, um, how do I say this? Like if the, the, was it the, the armorer? If she like basically kind of gave a little exposition to us as the audience and she could be doing it sort of to Grogu, basically explaining how his Mandalorian armor would work. Kind of trying to explain to him like, well, you are this particular race and that means your, you know, your stuff is, your your body is kind of differently shaped and your head is kind of differently shaped. And so here's how we're going to tackle that with your Mandalorian armor. Like a little explanation like that would have been kind of cool, I think, to see a little bit of a breakdown because you don't really know what the plan is. Like is Grogu going to wear a giant, just a absolute 
unit of a helmet. Uh, that's because if with that much Beskar, uh, what is it? Beskar steel. If that much around him in a giant helmet, the dude's going to be like just so top heavy. <laughs> I mean, he already probably has that problem to an extent, but put a huge heavy helmet on it. And yeah, that's going to be a challenge for him to even just move around. I mean, you could just drop him on his head and he's just going to be like stuck. <laughs> he's not going to have the body strength to, you know, actually turn over and get his head out of the ground. So I feel like it would be interesting to hear a little bit more about what the plan is for him. Well, that's all. Um, anyways, I am uh, excited uh, about the next episode. I'm grateful I got to talk to you about this one. Thanks for tuning in. Um, you can always call 352-340-3038. Um, and, you know, speaking of that, I did get a little bit of feedback from this last episode from my buddy Matt. Let's check that out. Din Djarin's ship is an N1 Naboo Starfighter. It's not a Republic ship. It's a Starfighter specifically for the planet of Naboo. Get it right, Drew Allen. Or don't have a Star Wars podcast. <laughs> hey, you know what? I asked for it. I called it. I called it. I did specifically say that I was going to get flack for not nailing the name of that ship properly. So my apologies to the expanded Star Wars universe and everyone involved. And big thank you to Matt for setting me on the path. This is the way. Um, anyways, 352-340-3038. That's the number to call with your thoughts, theories, comments, suggestions. And hopefully I can dive in and talk about those on a future episode. So, yeah. Uh, also, you can follow us at, at Good Bad Better Show on Instagram. And we still got, you know, a lot more coming. I'm still looking forward to recording my first episode on Ted Lasso Season 3 so far, my thoughts. And also recording an episode on 65, a movie that I saw recently. Also in the coming month, I'll be seeing the new Super Mario Brothers movie. And you can be sure I will have thoughts and opinions on that. So, hopefully you can join if, you, uh, if, you, if you're enjoying the show, and I really hope you are. I love doing this. Um, it, I would appreciate it if you go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you would go, and leave a review. It means the world to me. I love getting to do this. And, uh, yeah, I will hope to hear from all of you soon, and I will see you in the next one. Peace. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way.